0: Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning, this afternoon. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. Father, I pray that as your word is coming, Lord, let it come in simplicity. Let it come, O God, with power. Let it come, O God, to transform our minds. Let it come that our hearts will conform, Lord. Let us have everything of you, O oh God, and nothing of us. I bring myself, O oh God, before your throne. Holy Spirit, have your way and do what you do best. Do what no man does. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we're all going to preach together. Amen. We are all going to preach together. Amen. Good. Now come with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, it's quite a long passage, and it's quite um, a story that is well known to all of us. So come with me, Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits, and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plains of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Shall we jump to the verse 4? Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, can we just jump to the verse 5, that you fall and worship? Carry on. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, all the music, languages, they all fell and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the harp, or the musical instrument with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of this province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king, Nebuchadnezzar. He spoke to them saying, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the good image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, all of them, you have to fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace and who is the god who would deliver you out of my hand Shadrach Meshach and Abednego answered the king and said O king O Nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter If it is the case our God whom we serve is able To deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. Nor would we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they hit the furnace seven times, more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army um, to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst to the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of man, the son of God, sorry. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servant of the most high God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw that these men on whose body the fire had no power the hair of their head the hair on their head was not singed nor were their garments affected and the smell of fire was not on them nebuchadnezzar spoke saying blessed be the god of shadrach meshach and abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servant who trusted in him and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made unheap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this god. Amen? There is no other God who can deliver like this God. This morning, I just want to talk as briefly on what I called the going through experience. Tell somebody the going through experience. The passage pretty much preaches for itself, doesn't it? It makes my work so easy because... I am here to just tell us one thing and one thing only. And that is that if you are a child of God, that you will be persecuted. If you are a child of God, you will go through challenges. You will go through afflictions. I wish I had something more exciting to say. I wish I had something very interesting, very cool to say. But the truth of the matter is this, that... Our walk with God is not devoid of pain. Our walk with God is not devoid of trials and temptation. Our walk with God is not devoid of troubles. If anybody tells you otherwise, they are selling a different gospel. Our walk with God is not an easy one. It is full of fiery furnaces, Different, different furnaces that we go through. It might not be a physical fire... But there is a fire that you will go through. If you are not already in it, you will go through it. Tell your neighbor, if you are not already in it, you will go through it. My <laughs> Bible put it interesting in this way. In First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 13, it says that, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when the glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. He says that you don't have to think it tra- strange. And then First Peter four nineteen says something else. He says that therefore let us who suffer, according to the will of God, commit our soul to Him in doing good as to a faithful Creator. And likewise, First Peter chapter one verse five to seven talks about the fact that says that endure your faith, and through your faith God is protecting you by His power until you receive the salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith, Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the whole world. Amen. Amen. So the thing is that you will go through trials. Honestly, when I was born, I was thinking I should have something more exciting to say. But that is the truth. So just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were taken and thrown into the fairy furnace, you and I, if you're already not in it, will definitely go through one fire or the other. But the question now remains, would you be able to honor God in those times? Will you be able to honor God in those moments when those fires come your way? Sometimes God allows things to come our way. Because it's for a greater good. He just want to show us, he just want to teach us certain lessons. He just want to bring us on the right path. So he lets us go through. It is God who is allowing it for us to to go through. And sometimes it is better to go through it than to avoid it. It is better to go through it than to go around it. Because when you go around it, the path becomes longer, isn't it? Because you go around and you will come back to going through it, because you have to go through it. So, Bible says that don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you go through these things. In fact, it says that you have to do what? You have to rejoice. But I don't think any of us here enjoy the process of pain. Who enjoys the process of pain? Obviously, not me. Amen. I can see all of you enjoy it. I praise God for your lives. Amen. <laughs> He says, the interesting thing here is, David said something in Psalm 23 verse 4. says that, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thank God it is a walking through. Tell your neighbor you are just walking through. It is just a walking through experience. You see, the thing is, if it is a walking through, it tells me that if it has a beginning, then obviously it has an end. Isn't it? So we thank God that even though we go through these trials, even though we go through these fiery finances, that it is a going through. So tell your neighbor, it is a going through. Jesus says something in John 4, for he says that it is needful that I go through Samaria. I'm just paraphrasing some of the passages. It is needful that I go through Samaria. There are certain trials, there are certain temptations that are needful that you go through. There are certain things that are needful. It is very important that you go through them. You can't avoid them because it is God who is allowing them. You can run away from it or you won't, but you will go through it eventually. So if you would tag along with me, let's go to the passage. Let's follow the story of these three young men. Now, these three young men whom we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in actual fact, Bible tells us that that was not their names that their names was Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah that was their original name but when they were taken to Babylon the princes of Babylon changed their names Perhaps they change their names because they have been brought into slavery and they change their names for them to start thinking a slave mentality, to have that slave mentality. Perhaps they change their name for them to start letting go of their God and worshipping the God of Deadline. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter what anybody calls you. It doesn't really matter. The most important thing is you know who you are in Christ Jesus. You want to ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? And please get an answer. The most important thing here is that you know who you are. So, King Nebuchadnezzar set up, erect this huge statue, this huge golden image. The Bible says, on the plains of Dura. And gives a command and says that at the sound of every kind of music, I need everyone, everybody from every language, every tribe, every culture, I need you to bow and to worship this golden image. And Bible says that these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, decided that they were not going to bow, that they were not going to worship any other god. And it's interesting that in the verse 8 and 9, there's this Chaldeans that decided to report it to the king. Now, Bible says, if you put up the verse 8 to 9, because I'm preaching with everyone here. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews and spoke and to the king and said, O king Nebuchadnezzar, live forever. That there are certain people that you have put over us. Who I'm just paraphrasing who have decided not to bow who have rejected who have rejected the command that you gave but the interesting thing is in daniel chapter 2 king nebuchadnezzar actually had this dream and he forgot about the dream but he knew that the dream was very scary and he woke up from it and he wanted somebody to remind him of the dream and also interpret the dream so he called everyone including the Chaldeans. And then tells them that they should tell him the dream he had and also interpret it. Everybody is like, Well, you were asleep and we were asleep. So, how is it possible for us to know the dream you had? Much more so interpret it. And the king gives an order and said that if you can't interpret it, and if you can't tell me the dream, all of you will be killed. Now, there is this three young people and a companion of this called Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Daniel, could we have that passage back, please? Thank you. And then they said that just give us a few, few days. We will pray to our God and we'll come back to you. So they went praying and then God revealed it. And the king decided that, yes, it's actually the dream I had. And for that matter, he spared the lives of these Chaldeans. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magicians, astrologers, or Chaldeans. So the king spared their life because of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. But just flip over to chapter 3, and this same Chaldeans were ready to betray Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Isn't it sad that the people that you help the most are those that least appreciate it? Isn't it so sad that the people you help the most are the people that stab you in the back? There are the people that betray you. But before you start thinking of the fact that, oh, I think I know somebody that I've been good to who has betrayed me, and I think that person needs to hear this message. Let me just bust your bubble, because we are all the same. That is how we all treat the Lord Jesus Christ. The one person who has done so much for us, who sacrifices life for you and I, who died for you and I, and what do we do? We live our lives anyhow. He is the least in our lives. We appreciate him less. So don't think about anybody who you did any good to. Think about yourself. How do you treat the Lord Jesus Christ who has done so much for you and yet he is the least on your priority list? Everything else is important to you but him. So this Chaldeans went to report it to the king. It is interesting to know that if everybody is supposed to be worshipping, everybody is supposed to bow down and worship, how is it that other people saw those who were not worshipping? If all of us are supposed to be bowing, our heads are supposed to be down, how is it that you were able to see those who were not bowing? If all of us are supposed to be worshipping, if you're supposed to be concentrating on worship, on God, how is it that you're able to identify the people that are not doing it? But these Cardians were filled with hatred. They were just filled with hatred, with envy, with jealousy. And the Bible says that they reported them to the king. Now, let's hear the accusation. If you come to, with, with me... Let's listen to the accusation in verse 12, their criticism. He says that setting Jews whom you have set over, you see, the, the thing is this, if we are all in the same position, there is no problem. If it was just these men, it was not a problem. But it is these men that you have set over us. It is these men that you have promoted. It is these men that you have elevated. Now, if everybody is in the same place with you, they don't have a problem with you. The only problem arises when God begins to promote you. And it is so sad that as believers, as children of God, we can't even celebrate people who are celebrating. We can't rejoice with the success of other believers. It is well with somebody and we are jealous. And we are laughing in their face by criticizing them behind. You look at them and you say, wow, that that car of yours is nice. That dress you are wearing is nice. And then you turn back and say, I think that came from the charity shop. We can't even rejoice with them that are rejoicing. We are so good at mourning with them that are mourning. Because there is something wrong with them. It is not going well with them, so that one we will easily mourn. But when there is the table turn and there is a blessing, we can't rejoice. You are not excited that your brother or your sister got a new car. You can't celebrate that your brother or sister passed, it had seven A's and six A's. And when they are saying it, you like hang your head and say, so What? I'm talking to the young people. But the thing is, that is not what is supposed to be found in the house of God. If you can mourn with them that are mourning, you rejoice with them that are rejoicing. It is only when you rejoice in other people's success that God blesses you. Why are you envious of it? When God can bless you and give you your own. So as long as, as long as... They are not above you. You don't have a problem. All hell break loose the moment the promotion and the elevations come. Then there is a problem. So the music is played. Everybody bows. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decide not to bow. It is therefore reported to the king. Now when it was reported to the king... You see, interestingly, let me let me just bring this in. You see, Jesus says something in I think John 16. He says that in the world you would have what? In the world you would have, oh God, I wish he had not put that up yet. You would have trials and tribulations. In the world you have trials and tribulations, but in me, be of good cheer because what? I have overcome the world, it's quite sad that we can't rejoice. We will face, definitely, definitely we will face difficulties. But it is sad that we are just covered in hatred, in envy, in jealousy about what God is doing in other people's lives. So they reported to the king and then in the verse 13 to 15, the king hears of their unwillingness to bow. And the king calls them to him and said that perhaps you didn't hear what I said. Perhaps you didn't hear the, get the office memo. Perhaps you didn't actually receive the email. So I'm giving you a second chance here yeah? because I like you, because I love you. Now that is how sin works. Sin always gives you a second chance. You will think, oh, the last time I was able to overcome that. Believe you me, sin will keep chasing you. We will keep giving you chances upon chances upon chances for you to do the wrong thing. The last time you were able to stand your ground, you were able to maintain your standard. But sin is not going to let you be it will keep giving you chances upon chances upon chances for you to lower the standard and keep lowering the standard. And before you realize you are in a place that you had no idea how you got there. So the king said, I'm going to give you another chance. But they respond in so nice a manner. They respond and tell the king in verse 14, 14, O King Nebuchadnezzar, I'm just paraphrasing it, we will not bow because our God whom we serve is able and he will deliver us. And per adventure, if he doesn't deliver us, we will still not bow. I don't know what you are going through this afternoon, but I want you to tell your neighbor your God is able and your God will deliver you. So the king, Bible says that when they said this, the king got so furious. The Bible says that his face changed. His countenance changed. And he told them to heat the fire seven times over. And told them that they should bind the hands of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Bind the feet of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And told the mighty men of valor in his army to carry them. And throw them into the fiery furnace. But Proverbs chapter seven Proverbs chapter twenty-seven, I beg you of twenty-six, verse twenty-seven says that he who digs a pit will fall in it themselves. And I prophesy over your life that anybody that is trying to set any trap for you, will fall in it themselves. Your God is going to let you know that a thousand will fall to your right, ten thousand to your left, but it will not come near you. With your eyes shall you see and behold the reward of the wicked. Bible says that these strong men, these strong men of valor, who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were bent up and killed by the flames. So, King Nebuchadnezzar lost strong men of valor. It is interesting that there's always somebody who will report you. There's always somebody who is looking for your downfall. The fact that it is not well with your life shouldn't be well with you. The fact that your life is a mess, everybody's life should be a mess. If it is not going well with them, why should it go well with you? They want to do everything possible to make sure that you don't succeed. But they fail to realize that he who is in you is greater than he who that is in the world and that you are more than a conqueror. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego carries these men and throw them into their fairy finance. Now, it is, let me just chip this in. They survived the fall. You see, if I would say that they were thrown in, they were cast into the fire. And they were cast with their hands bound, their legs bound. But they still survived the fall. Whoever is trying to bring your downfall, you will survive the fall. So all of us today, all of us, all of us, if not already, will, are going through some fairy furnace or the other. You're going through your health fires, marital fires rejection fires, financial fires, there is one fire or another that you are going through. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got into trouble because they obeyed God. They got into trouble because they decided to just obey the commandment of the Lord which says that you shall not worship any other God but me. Now, if They got into trouble because of obeying God. You would think that perhaps God would have shown up when they were called, they were reported to King Nebuchadnezzar, you will think God will miraculously turn up and say that you don't talk about my servant like that. You will think that when the king called them into his office, that the God will show up and say that, no, you don't harm them. And at least, if nothing at all, you will think that God will come to their aid when their hands were bound and when their feet were bound. You will think that God will show up, but God does not show up. And that is where we all find difficulty. When God is silent in our pain, when he is silent in our suffering, when you are going through so much, you see distraction ahead of you. You see that there is this thing coming towards you that will bring your distraction. And God is silent. You see that this this sickness, this disease, this pain is it's almost heading towards your destruction, And you've been told that you have three months to live. One year to live. And you were expecting God. And God is not coming. But this afternoon, I'm here to tell us that God does not sometimes show up on our expectations. He doesn't sometimes come when we expect him to come. We so struggle with the fact that we need God. Do you remember the story of Lazarus? When they sent a message to him and said that the one that you love, it's not anybody, it is the one that you love, the one you love. Jesus, you love him and is sick. Jesus said, okay, thanks for the information and continues doing what the, he was doing. Then they come back and repeat it. Maybe you didn't hear it. We said that the one that you love... It is not just anyone. It is Lazarus, the one that you love, is sick. And Jesus still stays one day, two days, three days. And Jesus has still not moved. And he tells them that this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory when Lazarus is already dead. That is where the difficulty is. But the song which says that even though he is four days late, He is still on time. It doesn't matter how late God is. You think God is. He is on time. Because he doesn't work with our calendar. He works by his calendar. So they are thrown into the fire. God doesn't turn up. And you are going through this experience. Because you have trusted in God. You have believed God, you have prayed, you have fasted, and still nothing is happening. Shadrach, Meshach were thrown into the fire. Their hands were bound, their legs were bound together. We've said that this year is what? What is the theme for this year? The year of harvest. And in Matthew 13, the Bible says that there is this man who went out to plant good seeds. But when the germination time came, it says that there were tares among them. Now they went to the, the farmer, the owner of the field, and said, didn't you not plant good seeds? How is it that even tares have germinated? And he said, allow both of them to grow. Allow the tares and allow the, the wheat or the corn to grow. But at the harvest... We will uproot all the tears. And pastor has already said that everything in your life that is not part of our harvest this year will be burnt up. Yeah. That everything around us will be burnt up. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound; Their hands were tied. Their feet were tied. And they were thrown into the fire. And instead of the fire killing them, all the fire did was to bend that which was holding them. The things that were restricting them was all that the fire could burn because there was a glory. They they needed their hands free to lift up their hands in worship because their glory has come. You see, the interesting thing is the fire is only to burn that which is restricting you. The things that are holding you back, that is all the reason why you have to go through. The reason why you're going through the fires that you're going through is because the things that are holding you needs to be bent up for you to see your harvest this year. Those strings that are tying your legs up, those strings that are tying your hands up, they need to be bent up. Those pride, the arrogance, the hatred, the jealousy, the envy, all those things that are setting you back, pulling you back, limiting you, they need to be bent up. The fire only was able to burn that which was holding them. And it's interesting, it didn't end there. Something strange was happening in the fire. When you walk with God, strange things happen. When you walk with God, you have such great and marvelous testimony. Such unusual things happen. Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire and said that, did we not, did we not throw three men into the fire? But I see. He didn't say we see. He says, but I see. Because the revelation was given to him. But I see a fourth man. And that fourth man is like the son of God. Shadrach, I know. Meshach, I know. Abednego, I know. But who is this fourth person that I didn't throw in the fire? And Bible says that he calls them out. That is not where my shout is. He calls them out. And that the same person, Kineb, who made the decree that everybody should bow and worship the golden image, made another decree that anybody who, who does not, who does not recognize this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces. The same lips that pronounce your downfall are the same lips that will pronounce your elevation. The people That saw you go into the fire are the same people that are going to announce to the world that there is a God with you. It's interesting that when he went in, you see, in the Bible, God sometimes brings deliverance through angels, through other people, through other men and women. But in this situation, God came down himself. The son of God came down himself to bring the deliverance. I prayed this afternoon that the son of God, whatever situation you are going through, whatever fires you are facing, that the son of God himself will come into that situation of yours and he will reclaim his name. It is all this is all about God reclaiming his name, reclaiming his name that he is the sovereign God, that he is the all-powerful God, that he is the I am that I am. He let all the people from all the nations gather so that he can display who he is. So what you are going through that the whole world is aware of, it is for his glory, that the whole world will see the kind of God that you serve. This afternoon, you just want to stand to your feet.